0: Ah, you
1: obviously know
0: Kung Fu. Hi, my name is Katrina Durden. I'm the blonde zealot in Doctor Strange and the in the Cap and Street Fighter Resurrection. You're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In
1: Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> A lone warrior clinging to life after chasing down three ruthless killers finds a savior in a young hapless student who's searching for a Kung Fu master to teach him how to be a true fighter. The unlikely pair form a strong bond that gets put to the test when the evil tracks them both down and forces them to put everything on the line. Welcome to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast, I'm your host Jeff Vita, and in this episode, no, we're not talking about Trump, Pence, and Bannon, but we are talking about three evil masters. I despise your killing.
0: And raping. You're despicable. Are you my judge? It's just. you should be punished. I'm gonna chop off your arm. So are you ready?
3: Yeah. 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 Check these
2: moving Three the- Evil Masters, alternatively known as The Master, is a 1980 martial arts film produced in Hong Kong, directed by Lu Chin-Ku and produced by the Shaw Brothers. The film stars Chen Quan Tai, Yun Tak, and Johnny Wang Longwei. This isn't the most well-known kung-fu flick because it lacks the highly recognizable star power that the Shaw Brothers were so famous for, and by this time in the Shaw timeline, the brothers had begun to wind down the Peking opera-stylized productions and had started opting for more grounded, straightforward action films. That's not to say that this film is lacking in classic Shaw Brothers touches, though. Chen Quan Tai is one of those actors that, while not having developed a high profile for himself, had a long and healthy career and remains a very recognizable actor, having appeared in over 100 films, including such classics as Executions from Shaolin and Crippled Avengers. One of his recent roles was that of the gold line in the RZA directorial debut, The Man with the Iron Fists. And as with many kung fu films from the era, this film earned a reference in a song by the Wu-Tang Clan, Severe Punishment, which you heard at the top of the show. So, a Chinese man, a Chinese man, and a Chinese man walk into a bar. No, seriously, that's how this film opens up. These three guys walk into a bar and spot another guy hanging out alone at a table. A waiter hurries over to seat the three guys, but one of them attacks the waiter and sends him stumbling towards the loner. The loner, without looking, extends a leg, stops the waiter from falling, and spins him into a seat, no worse for the wear. It seems that the loner, Chin Yun, has been expecting these guys.
0: Well, well, you're here on time.
2: When prodded by one of the three about the nature of this gathering, Chin Yun has zero chill and cuts right to the good stuff. I
0: despise your killings and rapings. You're despicable.
1: Huh? Are you my judge?
0: It's just, you should be punished. I'm going to chop off your arms. So are you ready? Fight
2: scene. One of the three steps up as the title sequence starts, and Chin Yun, here played by Chen Quan demonstrates just how boss he is by fighting the guy from a seated position. He uses just his legs to hold off his attacker. The fight's broken up by frequent freeze frames as the credits roll, but it's still easy to see the skill of the actor shining through. Chin Yun eventually stands up for a more traditional hand-fighting exchange, complete with impressive acrobatic flipping and tumbling. While in mid-flip, the attacker launches a dart at Chin Yun, which he stops with the chair he was sitting in. Chin Yun then uses the same chair to bash the guy over the head. The second of the three tags in, this time armed with a short blade and a single tonfa, or police baton. Even in the really cramped space, Chin Yun is able to flip and weave his way around the weapons and keep his attacker off balance. A highlight move here has Chin Yun kicking into a backflip and putting his boot right in the grill of his attacker. That move takes out number two, so the third attacker, played by kung fu bad guy extraordinaire Johnny Wang Longwei, brings up the rear. Longtime fans of kung fu films know Johnny Wang's sneer and fierce fighting style. This takes the battle across tabletops and wall to wall because Johnny Wang's character uses his signature weapon, his long braided ponytail, which holds a blade at the very end of it. After narrowly missing getting nicked by the blade, Chin Yun steps back for a second to reassess. This gives us a chance to watch Johnny Wang work his hand speed and drop into a defensive position as the two fighters size each other up. Johnny Wang presses first and uses his braid blade effectively, whipping it around Chin Yun's face, forcing him to keep backing up. The blade swings with such force at times that it cracks tabletops, shattering anything it hits and gets lodged in a support beam. Chin Yun tries to hold the blade in place there, but Johnny Wang is able to free the blade, cutting up Chin Yun's hand in the process. At times during the fight, a local drunk steps in to congratulate Chin Yun on his fine skills. Chin Yun finds him to be a nuisance and actually tosses the guy up and over his head while he continues to trade blows with Johnny Wang. Chin Yun lands some hard jabs into Johnny Wang's gut which takes him out for a bit as the other two thugs jump back into the battle with a concerted effort. This fight scene is an absolute gem to get so early in the film because it's an extended sequence that just keeps escalating. Chen Quan Johnny Wang and the other actors here tap into all their acrobatic ability and martial arts skill to put on a really mesmerizing display. All three guys now gang up on Chin Yun, but he's able to keep them at bay pretty easily. At a quick break, the drunkard again gets in Chin Yun's face to fawn over his skill and offer him a drink to refresh himself. Chin Yun, who's nothing if not focused, grabs the drunk and begins using him as a weapon against the three goons. Chin Yun swings him around like they're doing a 50s swing dance number, but the flailing legs keep a safe distance between him and Johnny Wang's crew. When he's got a nice buffer zone, Chin Yun puts the drunkard down and steps back as the three thugs slowly advance. Chin Yun careful to protect the poor old drunk by sitting down and shielding him. But here treachery strikes as the drunkard unsheathes his knife and plunges it deep into Chin Yun's side. Now with the blade buried deep, Chin Yun finds that he's going to be at long odds to make it through this. But even gravely wounded, Chin Yun able to knock out the drunk, hold off his enemies and dive through an open window to escape into the night. We cut to a kung fu school where a number of students are busy with their daily training. We get to meet a few of the key players here as we see a thin but wiry student named Cao Chin awkwardly punching at a heavy bag while a brash classmate with little regard for decorum spars with the headmaster's daughter. When his hands get a bit too frisky during the exercise, the scrawny kid calls him out, but the schoolyard fight gets shut down before anything can happen. Later, away from watchful eyes, the bully starts in again on Cao Chin and makes him fetch some weights. The kid, still a novice to kung fu, complies but accidentally drops the heavy concrete dumbbell on the bully's foot. Brought before the headmaster, Cao Chin stands accused by the bully of deliberately incapacitating him. The master, a stubborn and cold teacher, refuses to even hear Cao Chin's side of the story and brings the hammer down hard.
1: Kao, I adopted you as an orphan. But you're undisciplined. If you don't want to stay on, you're free to leave. Pack your bags. And the sooner you go, the better.
2: But instead of banishment, Cao Chin must subject himself to some hard punishment. That evening, Cao Chin's in a horse stance over some clay jugs with weights tied to either arm, as he wrist rolls another weight up and down repeatedly. His two accusers sit off to the side and get wasted while mocking his plight. When Cao Chin hits exhaustion and tries to quit for the night, the two bullies stop him and make him go another few hours. Back at his place, Cao Chin's ready to collapse when he hears some rustling outside his walls. He peers out the window and sees nothing, but a hand suddenly reaches up and grabs at the windowsill. Cao Chin jumps backwards and lights a candle, hoping that he's not seeing ghosts. When the hand pops up again, Cao Chin looks out to find Qin Yun lying beneath his window, bleeding out. Cao Chin's first instinct is to go find his master, but he thinks twice given that he's in enough trouble already. Chin Yun moans from the pain and Cao Chin can see that he's in really bad shape. With no other options, he carries Chin Yun into his house. The next morning at the school, Cao is noticeably late for class and gets called on the carpet again. And after getting yelled at, Cao Chin stops and asks his master an important question.
0: Oh, master! Ever heard of a fighter called Qin Yun? Why do you ask? Well, I've heard that he's very good at Kung Fu.
2: The master is visibly upset by the question is not afraid to let his students know where he stands.
1: Well, you've heard correctly. But his style is most strange. If you ever come across him, keep away. You hear me?
2: Clearly, there's some history there, and with the master preoccupied, the students get into a bit of horseplay, and Cao Chin baits the bully into hitting him, which, of course, the master catches. Now we get the tables turned as Cao Chin oversees the bully doing his own punishment. Later at lunch, Cao Chin gets up to get a bowl of rice, and while he's up, his bully chums nick all the food so Cao Chin has nothing to eat but the rice. The bullies mock him, and Cao Chin shrugs it off because the rice wasn't for him anyway. That evening, he heads back home and offers the rice to a recovering Chin Yun. As he eats appreciatively, Cao Chin explains his plight at the school. A grateful Qin Yun listens intently and offers some quick insights on why he might be getting bullied so much. Cao Chen acknowledges that he's got much to learn and then tells Chin Yun of how his master reacted when he asked about him.
0: He doesn't seem to like you very much. What's his name? Chi Chen Chung. Heard of him?
2: Chin Yun learns that this was a guy who he fought many years ago and who left that fight with three broken ribs. Cao Chin's incredulous because his master was supposedly a highly respected martial artist, but Qin Yun's got a different take on his abilities.
0: I despise these people, who claim to be true fighters. They give Kung Fu a bad name.
2: Qin Yun doesn't get to elaborate because the pain from his wound flares up again, so he asks Cao Chin for some healing herbs. The next day, Cao Chin heads into town to grab up some medicine. At the pharmacy, he asks for two specific herbs, and is confused when the pharmacist tries to silently shoo him away. Cao Chin asks again loudly, and this draws out one of the three evil masters from behind a curtain. He confronts Cao Chin and asks why he would need herbs that heal wounds. Sensing that this guy might be on the hunt for Chin Yun, Cao Chin concocts a cockamamie story about his master being accidentally stabbed after a visit from a wounded man who made his escape on horseback. The thug buys the story and chases off after this phantom wounded man, leaving Cao Chin free to go back and get his herbs to Chin Yun. What is the Potter Family? Hey you it's Juliette oh, Miranda oh. from the Unwritable Rant Podcast This is Michael Vasquez of the No Soundbites Allowed Podcast I'm James Hatton I'm Podcast Rob from the Something Something Cast This is Knock from the Geek Over Podcast This is Jeff with the Kung Fu In Podcast This is Daniel from the
0: Toe on the Trigger Podcast
2: This is Dave from the Parlapod Podcast Hey guys, this is Mike from the Mike Jolitz Show Woo! We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks Podcast
3: We are you Podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So, follow us on Twitter at Potter Family and use the hashtag Potter Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Potter Family, where great podcasts come home.
0: That man you saw in the shop, he's Fan Shan, the third of the three evils. He's very vicious, an expert with a double-edged sword. Don't trust him. Number two, Chao-San He's a womanizer, but he's an expert at throwing knives. Number one is Yan-Ching He's their leader, and his kung fu is good. He's very sophisticated. He even uses his pigtail as a weapon. One day I'll kill them. It's the punishment that they deserve.
2: Ever curious, Cao Chin asks again about Chin Yun breaking his master's ribs. When Chin Yun confirms it, Cao Chin parlays the discussion into a conversation about the kung fu he's supposed to be learning. Chin Yun patronizes the eager kid, even when he challenges him to test his mettle. Fight Cao Chin clumsily attacks Qin Yun, and in an economy of movement, Chin Yun's able to block and strike back, sending Cao Chin to the ground.
0: Now, would you like to see my style?
2: No matter what attack Cao Chin uses, Qin Yun's able to block and counter with speed and accuracy, always leaving Cao Chin sprawled out on the ground.
0: Your master's taught you badly.
2: Here, Cao Chin asks to learn kung fu from Qin Yun, but Qin Yun warns him of betraying his current master. Kao Chin hesitates, but not because he's worried about betrayal, more so because he doesn't want to get beaten up when he's found out. Qin Yun, grateful and sympathetic to the kid, decides that he's going to help him out.
0: Do you really want to learn? Of course I do, but I can't offend the code. Tell you what. I'll give you instructions, in secret, what do you say.
2: This sets off a large chunk of this movie where the Rock'em Sock'em action takes a backseat to long stretches of training sequences. We first see a master and student going through several moves in unison as Chen Yun, via voiceover, explains all the basic tenets of becoming one with Kung Fu. Cao Chin mimics his teacher's moves perfectly and the pair put on a great display of fine-tuned training techniques. Yun Tak is kinetic and acrobatic, which balances nicely alongside Chen Quan Tai's aggressive, powerful moves. The training moves to an exercise involving several suspended clay plates, where Chin Yun tries to teach close fighting. Chin Yun demonstrates his ability to deliver a devastating punch that shatters several plates without having to cock back very far, something akin to the one-inch punch that Bruce Lee made so famous. When Cao Chin tries it, he just winds up knocking the plates back while damaging his knuckles. We get a little bit of slapstick thrown in here as a swinging plate comes back and smacks Cao Chin in the head, breaking in the process. Elsewhere we catch up with the three devils who are on horseback at a rendezvous point where they try to figure out where Chin Yun might be hiding. They don't seem to have a clue and set off again to continue their search. Meanwhile after some unknown passage of time, Cao Chin has advanced to the point where he can consistently shatter the clay plates with one focused punch. Satisfied with the student's progress, Chin-Yun decides it's time to step things up. In the morning,
0: it's swordplay. The sword, it's the best weapon of all. Two sharp edges and a long spine. The blade is very thin and it's easily damaged. You remember that. The vital thing is the point. Pay special attention to it. Your life could depend on it.
2: We then get to see Yun Tak go through some brilliantly intricate sword moves mixed with his graceful acrobatics. By the way, Yun Tak may not be a household name even for Kung Fu fans, but he's been in some notable films like My Young Auntie and Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. But after acting, he really found his calling as an action choreographer working with the likes of Samuel Hung, Jackie Chan, Yun Biao, and Corey Yun. Which shouldn't be a surprise because Yun Tak was one of the Seven Little Fortunes during the Peking Opera School days. One evening as Cao Chin is leaving to find more herbs, he overhears a conversation with some town elders and his teacher. As far as they know, Qin Yun was killed by the three evil masters, and as a result, they're running the town. The elders have come to the headmaster to seek his martial arts skill in helping to defeat them. As Cao Qin listens, he hears that one of the three likes to throw his money around at a local brothel. This spawns an utterly insane idea in Kao Qin's mind. At the brothel, the number two evil Chao San Kui is busy pouring wine on the prostitutes and partaking of the spillage. A spying in Cao Qin explains it a little bit better.
1: Wow, just like a great baby!
2: After Mr. Chow gets his fill, the brothel madam suggests that the girls entertain him with a game. It's a simple game. Mr. Chow throws gold tails at the girls, and if they catch it, they keep it. Cao Chin decides that this is where he's going to insert himself into the mix so that he can earn some of that filthy lucre. Mind you, at no point does he think this is a stupid idea. So Cao Chin somehow gets himself into a dress and pancakes some makeup on his face and poses as one of the prostitutes. Yun Tak's a very slight guy, but even as thin and lithe as he is, there's no way that I can see mistaking him for a girl, unless those beer goggles are so thick that you can see the future. Meanwhile, Mr. Chow's game begins, and you might think they would involve some skill for the girls to try and catch the gold that Mr. Chow tosses at them. But no, he actually pitches the gold at them like a baseball while they wiggle around topless. The girls have very little chance of catching the gold and probably walk away with some nasty bruises from where they get pegged. Cao Chin steps up for his turn and actually catches two tails before Chao notices his shoes and moves to attack him. If not for the interference of the girls who want to keep Chao and his money right there, Cao Chin might have gotten a beatdown. As is, he escapes and makes his way to a pharmacist to buy some more herbs. But at this late hour, the shop is closed and won't help him. Cao Chin proceeds to create a scene by throwing his ill-gotten gold at the door of the shop. This alerts some local guys who roll up on him and pick up the gold, noticing the markings that identify it as belonging to Chao San Kuei, one of the notorious three evil devils. They think that Cao Chin's in league with him and surround him. Cao Chin tries to talk his way out of it, but it falls on deaf ears. The guys advance on Kao Chin, but now Cao Chin has learned quite a bit of kung fu, and he puts it to good use. He takes a few punches, but returns every strike, along with some great kicking and evasiveness. There's a healthy shot of humor in here, too, as Cao Chin finds enough time to pants one of the guys before flipping his way across the street. Unfortunately, the numbers eventually get the better of him, and the group wrangles him and pins him down, thinking that he's a student of the Three Devils. They decide to bring him back to their master to decide the next steps. Cao Chin recognizes that they're talking about his former master and tries to work that angle for some mercy. They don't want to hear it, and they bind him and deliver him in a sack to their school. When they arrive, the headmaster is dumbfounded to see Cao Chin covered in makeup. After some mocking by the other students, Cao Chin has to explain that he dressed up as a prostitute to steal the gold from Chao. To avoid any further mockery and punishment, Cao irks the headmaster enough that he plants a kick into Cao Chin's back. Cao Chin uses the opportunity to fake passing out so that he'll be left alone. The ploy works, and as the headmaster heads back inside with the others, Cao Qin pops up and heads for home. Back at his place, the training continues with Qin Yun showing Cao Qin proper breathing techniques to help him stave off hunger and help heal his body. Later that evening, Qin Yun drops the news that he plans to leave the next day. Cao Qin offers to accompany him on his travels, but Qin Yun says it's best that they split up because the evils will be after him. Meanwhile, the next day, at his regular boring old school, Cao Qin watches a demo by his master, but he's clearly checked out mentally. The headmaster takes turns beating on his students, who have obviously not learned anything worth a damn. Cao Chin gets caught yawning and gets called out to square off against his master. When the other students mock him for not having learned anything, Cao Chin steals himself and gets ready to show off exactly what he does know. Sushi Jackknife is a weekly show about depressed children's
4: characters, dead soul of my mother that lives in the moon. And uh <laughs> An apathetic Jorge shook his head no and walked off. Christmas Tubaman. You've been brought here on a mission of the most high import, Tubaman. Planets of Miserable Slugs. So on this giant slug planet, I can't get over this <laughs> giant idea. Slug um, planet. I I I really <laughs> there's one musical slug, just one? Just one. Just one? Yeah. And do his song for me And he And he just, he only plays it to torment the other sluts. Super bananas from the past. He's a super banana from the past. He's from the past. He went to the future, but he's from the past. Walmart haiku! At last, dreams come true. Bullets, hot pockets, nose spray. All in the same place. (laughs) Original games! Number two. Yes. Who said it? Garrison Keeler or Lil Wayne? Uh huh. A girl in a bikini is like having a loaded pistol on your coffee table. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's hard to stop thinking about it. But that's Lil Wayne. No, dude. It's Garrison Keeler! Sushi Jackknife is over 50 episodes strong and as binge worthy as The Vicar of Dibley. No one knows what that is. You're, you're right. I mean, no one knows. I mean, I know what it is. Is it necessary that people know what it is? Well, I mean, you just referenced an obscure British sitcom that no one watched. I mean, I watched it. You are literally... The <laughs> the people on the show didn't watch it. Yeah. Anyway. The opening was a hymn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about hymns, No, but... I, I... No one cares. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want, if it, like, comes around, like, listen to Sushi Jackknife.
2: We're on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever, like, off of it.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cow overconfidently charges the headmaster and gets thrown rather quickly. As the other students roar with laughter, he gets up and switches his style to what Qin Yun showed him. And with it, he lands a hard strike to his headmaster's chest that shocks the elder and all the students watching.
1: Alright, where'd you learn that? Yeah.
2: They go at it again and again the headmaster gets thrown back hard as the students openly marvel at Cao Chin's skill. A peeved headmaster charges only to get kicked back with a move that Qin Yun used on Cao Chin in training. The headmaster, fueled by anger and embarrassment, unconsciously grabs a brick, and then we get a Benny Hill type of slapstick chase scene around the schoolyard, complete with ridiculous cartoon sound effects. The headmaster eventually catches couchin Chin and starts to berate and beat on him for showing him up so badly. Cao Chin takes the beating until the headmaster presses him one final time.
1: Tell me, where you learn those tricks? Well I I taught him.
2: Everyone turns around to see Chin Yun and we get a flashback through the eyes of the headmaster as he remembers the moment he got his ribs cracked. Chin Yun tells Cao Chin that he stuck around to make sure that Cao Chin didn't get bullied by anybody. The headmaster is further incensed when he learns that Chin Yun's been teaching a student. Chin Yun continues to dress the headmaster down, calling him a bully and a bad teacher. The headmaster, well, he can only take so much.
1: I do my own teaching. Why don't you get lost?
2: You're excited. Do you want to lose some more ribs? Fight scene. The old master and the new one go at it for a few minutes, but Kao Chin reminds Chin Yun of his injury. The old headmaster backs off, saying that if he continued to fight, people would say he took advantage of an injured man. So instead, he recruits three of his students to fight for him. But given the lackluster training, even an injured Chin Yun is more than a match for the three students. Eventually, he sends the whole school after Chin Yun, but it's still no use. A highlight moment happens when Chin Yun kicks his way out of a jam without ever throwing a punch. He leaps his way around the courtyard and takes students down left and right. The headmaster, rapidly losing face in his own school, jumps back in with a staff but gets hindered by Cao Chin. During the break in the action, Chin Yun grabs his bleeding side and beats a hasty exit, leaving Cao Chin to deal with the punishment about to come down from his school. Meanwhile, an aching and bloody Chin Yun hobbles along a dirt road when, wouldn't you know it, the three evil masters ride up on horseback and surround him. And for weeks, they've been searching for this guy. And without any explanation as to how, they just magically train on a lone figure walking on a road, and it happens to be Qin Yun. Fight scene. The evil leader hops down from his horse and goes right into a fierce exchange with Chin Yun. Johnny Wang Longwei never lets his fight scenes look anything other than powerful, and this is no exception. Chin Yun holds his own, but then he has to step back and grab his bleeding side for a second. The evil leader doesn't let up, though. With the injury quickly becoming a problem, Chin Yun starts pressing his advantage and uses a bunch of trickery to keep the momentum on his side. When it looks like the leader is about to go down, the number two evil Chao San Kuei lets fly some darts which land in Qin Yun's spine. Reeling from the darts, Qin Yun gets thrown up where a waiting evil leader lands a killing blow right between Qin Yun's legs. Back at the school, Cao Qin is serving a harsh punishment for his perceived treachery against his master. This one, however, includes expulsion from the school. As he hangs suspended from a tree in a very awkward position, he gets freed by one of his fellow students who tells him that he needs to get out of there before the headmaster finds him. In the meantime, the headmaster is busy preparing his plan to go after the three evil masters with his own posse. He's called together some of the finest fighters from miles around to figure out a strategy to take down the three devils. When wouldn't you know it, coming up the walkway right to where they're meeting are none other than the three evil masters themselves. Talk about being caught without a plan. Fight scene. This is a chaotic brawl with all the students getting crushed first in rapid fashion, along with plenty of shade throwing.
0: (laughs) Your men aren't capable of defending themselves. Just a bunch of sissies.
2: The mercenaries take their turn just as easily the three devils cut their way through the group. Eventually the headmaster has to take things into his own hands and after the evils kill one of the top students the headmaster and his daughter are left to stand their ground. The daughter gets subdued quickly and here the evil leader puts down his final challenge.
1: Mr. Shi, we'll fight. Whoever wins will be the new master. You see I and my confederate have all agreed that your school will make a fine headquarters for us okay
2: elsewhere the banished cow Qin is busy dealing with the humdrum job while he continues to practice everything Yun taught him one day as he waits on tables he overhears some travelers talking about the three evils taking over his former school and turning it into their headquarters he ditches work and heads back to the school to see for himself along the way he stops the two travelers who dropped in and presses them for more info Yun Tak gets to really show off some incredible moves here as he dances his way through the two skilled travelers, who apparently are mercenaries that work for the Three Evils. He evades swords and staffs and even forces one of the travelers to kill the other. When he pins the remaining traveler, he learns about the death of Qin Yun as well as the decimation of his fellow students at the school. Angered, he pushes his foot into the throat and kills the remaining traveler. Cao Chin makes his way back to the school where he encounters his former bullies, a sick headmaster and his daughter, who are now nothing more than servants to the Three Evils. One morning, Kouchin approaches the number three evil with a promise to reveal some sensitive information, but it requires that they meet at a remote location in the hills. Not suspicious at all.
4: Okay, should I do my movie voice? Yeah, do it. Hi, this is a Beardo and a Weirdo Talk Film, a movie podcast. Actually, isn't it a film podcast because it's called a Beardo and a Weirdo Talk Film? A Beardo and a Weirdo Talk Film, a film podcast about... Films. (laughs) Films. F I, L F to the I to the L M S. Films. Yeah, we talk about films, don't we? We talk about old films, mainly new what films though. Matt, enlighten me. What, what was the film we just reviewed? Um, I believe it was Fantastic Beasts Ooh. and Where to Not Find Them. Oh. And and what was your rating out of out of the Matt Matt mat, out of ten? Uh that was a reasonably warm seven out of ten. What was yours, Joe? I gave it an eight. An eight. An so eight. You, you think it's slightly better so than I'm, me, but. I'm a dirty slut who just gives everything away. You just give it away. don't Just you? take it. Take it.
1: Take take the eight. Take the eight. Take it. Take it, D. You, know, you know you want the eight. But yeah, uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. There's YouTube, but there's no video footage, so you're just listening to it and looking at a picture of us, so uh, that's good. Yep. And Eddie
4: Redmayne has autism, and he gurns a lot.
1: <sighs> I can do magic, me. It's all started to fall into place. <laughs> <laughs> fight scene.
2: Cao Chin and Fan Chang get into it with Fan Chang using his Tanfa. An extremely confident and much more accomplished Cao Chen toys with Fan Chang for much of the fight. He moves confidently and shows off tons of acrobatic skill. Highlight moment here is when Cao Qin disarms Fan Chang of a short sword, catches it with his foot, then swings his foot around to hack and slash at Fan Chang. Several punches and kicks later, Fan Chang can't put up much more of a fight. To finish things off, Cao Qin does a backflip and lands right onto Fan Shang's chest as a copious amount of blood pours from Fan Shang's mouth. Back at the school, the body of Fan Shang's been delivered, but no one knows who did it. Cao Qin escorts his headmaster to the courtyard where no one's the wiser about his meeting in the mountains. That night, Chao San Kui is in his room when he gets a message to go to the temple to learn who killed Fan Shang. Again, not suspicious at all. Chao arrives at the temple and indeed learns the name of the killer, and it's Cao Chin.
1: Fight scene.
2: Here's another extremely dynamic battle with lots of tumbling and flipping by both actors. Chao San Kuei's specialty is throwing darts, which allows for lots of jumping and flipping from Yun Tak. Using the dark alcoves and recesses, Cao Chin slides in and out of shadow, not giving Chao anything to focus on. He tosses darts blindly, which Cao Chin picks up and throws back at Chao. Several bury themselves deep in Chao's forehead, and it's two down, one to go. When the evil leader and his crew find the body of Chao, everyone gets anxious. And At dawn, the next day, several of the crew decide to get out of there before they get killed too. They go to the gate, only to meet a waiting Kao Chin. Fight scene. Here, Cao Chin takes on about a dozen guys armed with various weaponry. It's more of Yun Tak's speed and agility on display as he evades all kinds of weapons. There's a scene where he's jumping between two swordsmen, and it's the ancient Chinese equivalent of Double Dutch. After a few minutes, only Kao Chin is left standing, but he gets knocked down by the evil leader himself. Final fight. Time for more Wang Lung Wei power here, but this time matched by the speed and dexterity of Yun Tak. This fight moves all around the courtyard and over fallen bodies. Cao Chin has learned well as he mimics the opening scene with the signature move from Qin Yun. Tired of getting punched in close quarters, the evil leader resorts to using his bladed ponytail to shred the shirt right off of Cao Chin's back. To counter it, Kao Chin finds a double-edged sword and holds it at just the right moment to slice the ponytail in half. Both guys grab some other weaponry and the fight continues in thrilling fashion. It's sword versus staff and a wildly main Johnny Wang long way as the two fighters give no quarter. Cao Chin, remembering the teachings of Qin Yun about the sword, maneuvers the fight to bring the evil leader in tight. Here, Kao Chin uses some misdirection and timing to throw his sword just right and watch it cut right through the leader's throat. So yes, Kao Chin is the master now.
4: What's up, everybody? This is your man, Adam, from the Mike Kings Podcast, telling you guys to give us a listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and follow us on Twitter, at the Mike Kings. We talk about pop culture, movies, games, TV shows, anything that's interesting to today's millennials. Give us a listen. I promise you'll enjoy it. We appreciate it. Thank you.
2: All in all, a classic kung fu film that won't quite rate as an overall classic to many, but it does showcase Yuntak who, had he been given some better roles, might have become another Shaw superstar. The film is available on YouTube if you know where to look or through all the usual digital film outlets. Okay gang, that's going to do it for this week. I know this is very late, but I fought a bad cold the last week and a half, but had to get this one done to prepare for my one year anniversary next week. I'm going to drop a mini episode before the weekend as well and then start notes for the last show in my first year. Exciting stuff. As always, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or catch me on Facebook or drop me an email and give a lot of love to the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter and my peeps in the Movie Pod Squad. Shout out to my boy Kenny Ho, who has returned to podcasting with a brand new show dedicated to Tiffany Alvord and her music. I personally have no idea who Tiffany Alvord is, but the Kenny Ho show is always well done, so I may just have to learn a thing or two. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace.
3: Some action, drinking
1: little wine, we're getting drunk, and then we're fighting. Ha. This time it's war.
3: We smash the place up with a dragon cloth We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drinking little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon cloth I see the iron fist they before from the daily Press, Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate fatally can in King U's hands. With the fearless idea, roaming over the land. Yet yeah, the little big soldier is older. So he wants a world of peace because he doesn't wanna fight. Got the Venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guarantees to great jars. Five for the cars and pass, here, the pause, not the yen back kicks for the fear. The outlaws Very good But both don't hit back Yeah the Death jewels here There is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster try The try a little dream Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time of China Rosamund Quan is real fine But see magic on his spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Chan chi movies Will the hero survive? we got the Brave Archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cut the vampire's back we got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all To so stand back he plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun showled in a mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary Pops Walk to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, and get getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm, we smash the place up with our dragon claws We walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get a drunken and we're fighting It's time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China on the TikTok. The A Shogun assassin slashing blood or just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, Violence won't stop Wanna kill Bill? Better get the assassins She's got him dressed in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the parties on the floor And the blood it'll splatter against the walls No fear at all she kill them all There's always blood to spill When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend at the car Jet Li I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast you rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets In a sample, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drinking a little wine, we getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha, this time it's warm to smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drinking a little wine